Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 320. It is made possible by our sponsors, Squarespace, PDF Pen from Smile, and Pingdom. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello. Hi. Hello. It's me. It's you. Yes. We're also joined by Mike Hurley. Hello. Hi. Hi, Mike. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. I'm very excited. I always enjoy the Rickies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, probably the last one for the year. Who knows? <laughs> you, Who knows? You think so, right? Well, we've got the annual picks too, though. I don't know if we're going to do those in December or January, but we will at least be grading the annual picks yeah. before the end of the year, right? Yes. I need to look back. I think we released that around like between Christmas and New Year's last year, but I forget. Right. I always have to look back and see what we do with those. Right. Okay. I think at this point, there should be a fourth event. I mean, why not, right? You started in September, <laughs> then you did October, November. Why not December as well? You can throw in a bunch of stuff. You can, you can, I was like, maybe convinced. a service event. I'm not going to do another one. Know. But somebody said it to me, like, and they were being serious, and they listed the things, and it was like, I mean, you could probably do one. <laughs> <laughs> They could. I don't think they will. And also, here's the thing. It could just be like in, before the end of November. It doesn't have to be in December. No, it needs to be right? in December. It needs to be in December because you got to do okay. the combo. You got to do September, October, November, December. That's what you got to do. One event okay. a month. That's what I would do. I mean, it would be fun. I saw somebody tweet this. It was very funny. I wish I could remember who it was right now. Uh, I think it may have been Kyle tweeted that the events will continue until morale improves, and I thought that was very funny. <laughs> I saw I saw Greg tweet that he just he wants another event that's five minutes long, and they just announce a twenty uh, seven inch five K display. <laughs> that's cheap. <laughs> Wasn't it hilarious to see when they kept plugging the Mac Mini into the Pro Display XDR? It's like, come on. Is that supposed to be funny? I don't get it. Oh, because they don't have it. Because they don't have a display. I wasn't getting the joke. Else. So that's the joke. Okay. Yeah. There's cool. nothing else to plug it into. A lot of people were commenting that the stand is more expensive than the the Mac Mini. Yeah. <laughs> is that true? Is it? Yes. Well, the stands are grand. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I wonder if how how expensive can you make one of these Mac Minis? Let's see. I'm gonna find that out because they start at six ninety nine. I'm guessing and then you like can add what like sixteen sixteen hundred maybe eighteen hundred. You can get it up to sixteen ninety nine. Yeah, that's wow. with Good sixteen job. gigabytes of unified memory and two terabytes of SSD storage. Mm-hmm. Should we do some follow up? Follow up. Just a couple of quick things. Um, I have spoken to Mary, and she is going to come on to talk about the iPhone twelve mini. She has one getting here nice. on Friday, so maybe we can work that in next week or the or the week after that. Um, okay. So everyone likes when she's on the show. She does a good job and she's going to have a tiny iPhone. So I think okay. that'll be fun. Yes. I think she's the only person that I know of personally that really wants one of these. And we could, like, I, I, can't re- I can't really think of many people that actually really want one. So yeah. I'm excited to hear from someone who has resisted purchases mm-hmm. in the past. She's a much better um, version of Steven on the show. That's also very true. Yeah, it's true. Not so. just on the show, in real life. <laughs> in general, right. yes. You're well, not. we can, you know, we consider life an extension of the show, so you know, extrapolate. No, the out. show is an extension of life when you think about it. Oh, right. So, 
That's deep, man. That, I know. That is deep. Uh, I have some photo management services follow-up from eight wait, years ago. What? Okay. <laughs> I was thinking, like, wait, wait what's, what's the last Where time we, we talked about yeah. photo management? Are we still talking about It's been about a long this? time. Okay. So there was a, a joke on the show for a really long time that we would speak about photo management services and they would go out of business. It happened several times. And uh, Kyle pointed out to me today that starting in June of 2021, Google Photos will end its free unlimited storage. So you'll have 15 gigs and you'll need to pay for Google One, which is their additional storage sort of thing. Um, Google Photos isn't going away. It's not dying. But we did, we talked a lot about, you know, years and years ago, how the thing that puts a lot of these companies out of business is the storage cost of storing all of these photos. And Google, I guess, is at a, a point where they need to be charging for this. Although I do, I do wonder how, like what percentage of Google Photos users have more than 15 gigs of photos? Uh, probably a lot, but it's not all of them. I, I just kind of wonder how that breakdown will shake out. It's got to be quite frustrating if you were one of the people that were told you would get free for life, which is what they did say. Um, Because now, like, I think my understanding is even in those situations, everyone is like, what you've got is fine, but now with anything new, you're subject to the 15 gigabyte mm -hmm. um, uh, limit, which is, I don't know, I don't like that kind of stuff. Mm. Either, if you're going to say something like that, stick by it or yes. don't do it. Yeah, I agree. Because you uh, don't need to say free for life, you know? I believe it, this is what you call a bait and switch. I believe so. Yes. yes. Is that the expression? Mm -hmm. mm. Yes. Uh, Google One, by the way, has similar pricing structure to Wait, iCloud. What's Google One now? What, what is Google One? Google One is that what you pay for to get more storage. That's what they call it, Google yeah. One. So is it Google um, Drive? Yeah, it's Google Drive, Includes Photos, Google Drive. all that stuff. Uh, Okay. But you can pay $150 a month for 30 terabytes of space. Hey, they offer it. You know, if you want to do it for whatever reason, go for it, I guess. Right? You just store everything you own on Google Drive. Why not? Mm. Uh, Mike, mm -hmm. we have had, over the course of the last several weeks, two topics that you have been responsible for that you continue uh, this to is, shirk your responsibility I not, for. I will not accept this. Right, so there's two topics. One, TVOS review. I am working on it. I want to do this next week. This I have ridiculous. no idea if I'm going to be able to, but that is what I would like to do. Um, but I honestly, now thinking about what we will be talking about next week, most likely, I again do not feel like it's going to be likely. But I'm going to work on it. Continue to work on it. I have been dealing with some issues with 14.2, which I'm I think I'm starting to resolve. Uh, to the point where I couldn't use my HomePods uh, for uh, audio uh, over the last couple of days, but I think I might be getting to the bottom of that. Um, I would like to do this next week to talk about my thoughts on TVOS because they continue to percolate. But they're continuing to percolate. This is yeah. this is uh, uh, this is ridiculous. I will do this TVOS review. I will I will now do this. You cannot be trusted. We've been waiting for this review since um, September. Really, September. Yeah, yeah. This is unacceptable at this point. We should have seen this well, review. I will now do the TVOS reviews. All right, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Go on, man. Next week. This is for you, Mike. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take this job away from me, you can. I mean, I have mm -hmm. actually started work on it, but 
you know, that's up to you. I just, again, when are we going to have the time <laughs> to talk about it? This is the problem. That Don't is worry, I will take care of it. Because I, I remember when I worked really hard on a review of something once that, and then you two didn't want to engage in it and cut my time short. And I don't want to have to get into that situation again, you know? Well, does TVOS fold in half? See, there, you remembered. You knew what you you know what you did. See, <laughs> I just referenced it and you knew exactly what you did. You yeah, know? I remember how terrible it was. Oh, I quit. Okay. I quit now. Okay. The other thing is the Apple Watch challenge topic. Which ultimately is work that the two of you need to do. I've done my work. Right. So Federico hasn't done his. I am not aware of this challenge. When did You're we a liar. decide? We oh. spoke about it like in se- we again in September. Well, I just kept thinking about your TBOS review and I forgot about this one. Mm-hmm. That's my problem. Because I've been wearing my Apple Watch every single day since Watch Over 7 came out. Have you? For this topic. Okay. What's the challenge about? I can come up with questions in, in 30 seconds. What's the challenge about? That I want the two of you to give me some things that I should be doing to use watchOS to its fullest. Again, but at this point, I, remember I think this. I'm using it to the maximum <laughs> anyway. Uh, but anyway, we can. I, I do want to talk about my experiences uh, in using the watch again on a daily basis. Um, we can get to that later on. I mean, like, look, let's be real. Like, let's actually be real. Mm. Next week, we're most likely going to end up talking about our phones, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a Mac coming on Tuesday. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we can push any of those things out for the TVOS review if you want to, or I can probably do it in 10 minutes, but we'll okay. see. We'll see how it goes. We'll just, mm-hmm. we'll just all keep We'll talking. just bump any coverage of Big Sur, right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. It looks different, and it's kind of bad in places. <laughs> hey, he did it. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. It lets you easily create a website for your next idea with unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store or a portfolio or write a blog. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do all of those things. There's nothing to install. There are no patches to worry about. No upgrades are needed. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff because Squarespace has it covered. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. You can easily and quickly grab a unique domain name, and their templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. One thing I love about Squarespace, if you need to go back into a website you built previously and add new functionality, you don't have to worry about breaking things or worried about what else you already have on there. So I built a site for the parent-teacher organization for my kid's school, and then they wanted to add a store to it because they're selling shirts and masks and that sort of thing. And it was really easy to get a store set up. They manage all their inventory through there, and I just added it to the navigation. It's all really straightforward. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com connected. And we decide to sign up, use the offer code connected to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain name and to show your support for the show. Once again, that's squarespace.com connected and the code connected to get 10% off your first purchase. I'd like to thank Squarespace for their support of connected and all of RelayFM. Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. So the reviews for the uh, iPhone 12 Max and Mini are out. They came out a couple of days ago. 
Um, I'll include a link in the show notes to the roundup of reviews over on MacintoshStories.net. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Great a website. lot of good, good, good things put together there by John Voorhees of Macintosh Stories. Um, really, like I consumed mostly the video reviews, and I skimmed through some of the um, the photo based reviews, like uh, or, or reviews that had a lot of photos in them, like Matthew Panzerino's. I think really. This is mostly what we would have expected from from both devices. Like at a high level, the mini seems really great if you like small phones, but it would be difficult if you didn't want a small phone. Right? Like you have to really want a small phone to like this phone because it has trade-offs, right? The battery life isn't that great. Uh, obviously it's much harder to type on the keyboard, stuff like that. But if you want a phone that you can easily hold or put into your pocket or whatever, then fantastic, and it's super powerful and got great crammers on it. The Max is super big. Like, if you like big phones, you're probably going to love it, but if you don't, you're not going to because it's super big, and the new design makes it feel even bigger. Um, I actually, from Nilay Patel's review uh, on The Verge, I really like something that he said, which was very interesting in that like he kind of felt like the phone feels like it would have been the perfect phone for him if there was no pandemic. Like, all of the things that this phone is really good at or would be really good for, uh, a lot of people would be doing less than. You know, like, you might be doing less work from your phone, taking less photos in dark places, you know, like that kind of stuff, um, which is just like just an interesting thought. Uh, the And really, the, the, the thing that we were all waiting for was the camera, right? How good is the the uh, additional camera stuff in the Pro Max. And really, it kind of feels mixed. So I think quite notably, Marquez Brownlee was not impressed by the camera. Um, but other people were. So, you know, namely, Nilay Patel and Matt Panzerino were. And it kind of feels like where you can see differences, there are differences. But it isn't absolutely mind-blowing right it seems like a lot of the dark or like low light performance is much better like night mode seems to kick on less um there is an interesting you know effect that you can get from the telephoto lens right like it does look different but the differences are there but it's not necessarily blowing you away federico what do you think about that on one hand, uh, like I totally understand the perspective of you take a picture on, on the iPhone 12 Pro and you take it on the Pro Max and you can't tell the difference. But on the other, like I look at these reviews, uh, especially the one from Nilay and the review from Austin Mann, um, and if you know what to look, you can totally see the differences, right? You can totally see that the image is sharper. You can see how certain details are retained much better on the 12 Pro Max. And so... I feel I feel like um, right now I am on one hand excited to to get to try this phone uh, as soon as possible and see like for example night mode photos right the kind of detail that I can get in those photos compared to last year. On the other, I I am kind of concerned that I'm less um, Austin Man or whoever takes photos for The Verge. I will not be able to see and appreciate and understand those differences so i'm kind of yeah. i am a, i i am 
I'm excited, but also concerned at the same time. I don't know if there's a word for this feeling. Well, what I would say is that I think that there is a flip side to what you're saying, which is, you know, these people really know how to get the best mm. photos, mm-hmm. right? Like they know how to put these things through their paces. But that would also make me think that the phone is going to do a better job when I am less good most of the time. Yeah, yeah because I don't want to be thinking about it all the time. Yeah, but like you know what, like I don't really know necessarily what to do, right? To make right my phone take the best photo. But anytime the phone gets better, it's covering up for my mistakes for me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I think I completely understand what you're saying, but I think that there is potentially this uh uh flip side yeah. of that. And also I think well. I think the reason the reason I ultimately be- personally believe at least for me because I'm okay with the big phone um that that it's going to be worth it to get a 12 Pro Max because I I like the idea of knowing that there's no uh possible there's no other better camera that I could get. Like I'm not yes. making any trade-offs. I know this is the best of the line and I just feel sort of safe knowing that. And then if yep. I take a picture that's terrible, well, that's on me, I guess. But Like this is easy for me and you, right? We were going to get the big phone no matter anyway, what. Anyway, yes. And we get a bit of a camera improvement. I do feel a little bit bad for people that maybe chose it just for the camera thinking like as we did that it was going to be like next level mm-hmm. uh, when it really is it's a step up for sure but it, i i think that what i had hoped it's not necessarily going to be the case but this is when i do say like as an asterisk going back to what i said a moment ago for someone like me who is not a professional by any stretch of the imagination, maybe I will see more of an improvement from my photos if it's better, right? Like, I'm just going to have to wait and see on that. Uh, One thing that definitely I didn't know until I started seeing the reviews and then when my my case came today, the camera cutout, like the actual camera system on the phone, is absolutely massive. It's massive. Like, it's very clear... When you when you see actually how big the kind of camera unit is on the Max, why this system is on the Max, and I am thinking now, uh, I think it's going to be this way for a while now that that this that this phone will have a better camera again, because it seems like the hardware is huge. It's too big mm. for other phones. Like I put my old phone in this case. And the difference in the size of the like the camera system is is absolutely huge. It's it's really massive. Um, I, I don't know if you guys. I I hadn't really noticed it from even looking at uh, reviewers' fo- phones side by side, but there is a stark difference in the size of like the the camera array uh, on the Max than there is on the other phones. I felt that I really am not leaving that much on the table. By doing the regular 12 Pro, I was nervous that these reviews are really going to make me feel like I I was missing something. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing I kind of think, too, is I wonder if there is uh, something they can do with software to push these a little bit further apart. Like one thing in uh, Neelab's review on The Verge was a bunch of other phones went into night mode and the 12 Pro Max didn't. So like it is... Mm -hmm. because because it could bring in more light so it is 
acting differently than the 12 Pro in several ways. I just wonder if there's more they could do in the future to to push this a little bit further. Well, I'm wondering, like, this Pro Raw thing, you know? Like, is it going to be able to, if you use that, make even bigger jumps? Because, you know, I would assume that there will be uh, apps, probably Halide will be one of them, which with this Pro Raw system will try and make it easier for people that don't know what they're doing to take better photos using Pro Raw and having things, having like the, because they did that smart raw thing. I don't remember the name off the top of my head where it applies a bunch of filters themselves to try and make images look better. And stuff that I've been take that I have taken in that when I apply those, um, those filters that Halide has, it does make the images look great. So I wonder if, you know, if then we might see some differences as well. But I'm not, you know, this is not one of those things. It's like that, the oft use ad, like, uh, adage of like, don't buy a phone on the promise of potential software improvements down the yes. line. And that's like not what we're saying at all. But it's just something that we're wondering because clearly the hardware is very different and it will be interesting to see if it does change uh, performance over time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely not uh, suggesting that's something that they are going to, or even maybe even need to do. It's just something I thought about in in watching these reviews that maybe this isn't as big of a a change as we kind of assumed that it was going to be. Oh, that's that is for sure, right? Like improvements are improvements. We're happy for improvements, but when they gave the specs of what this sensor was capable of doing, I was expecting more out of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also. Uh, saw a video of the MagSafe Duo charger that I justine did. This thing, I don't know. I don't <laughs> that understand. looks kind of bad. <laughs> it's a travel charger, right? Yeah. And as a travel charger, great. I don't really know why this product exists. Like, I don't know why. Especially in 2020. Like, are we doing much travel charging in 2020? I, I don't know. It's like the AirTags version <laughs> of a product. Like, it's like, don't re- yeah, don't release AirTags because no one's going anywhere. Yeah. Also, don't release a clearly a travel charger. <laughs> like, it, it looks so bad, right? Like, yeah. you if if you were in the morning to want to pick up your phone, maybe. Oh my gosh! All right, so imagine this, right? Yeah, it's seven thirty in the morning. You've got to get up early. The alarm goes off. You want to grab your phone, right? Yeah. Just turn off the alarm. You grab your phone, charger. Watch the whole thing, yeah. right? It's all coming off. <laughs> Right? Because there's nothing holding it down. Yeah. Yeah. You just woke up and you have this floppy thing that you need to take care of. <laughs> uh, and it, you're just pulling this, this charger thing and like the whole case is flying all over the place. You could put a piece of tape under it and, and stick it to your nightstand. But then yep. again, you got to do it for every single hotel, every single nightstand yep. that you ever use in your life. And you're constantly sticking and unsticking the, the MagSafe this, Duo. This ain't it, right? Like, no. you know, if you want a bedside table thing, uh, you you want to look at something like Studio Neat's doing, something that Belkin's doing. These are the, the products that you actually want that are intended to be permanent nightstand things. The MagSafe Duo Charger is not is not that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did also want to uh, just beat the drum that nobody wants to hear about anymore, just because I'm annoyed about it. You know this. Also, does not include a uh, power adapter in the box, right? Like the rest of the MagSafe stuff. 
Why? Don't you know that everybody has 20 watt chargers just lying around, Mike? I just had to buy Aren't you one three 20 watt chargers. <laughs> there you go. I had to buy three of them. <laughs> right? And it's like, I, I just spent 73 pounds on chargers. Well and done. they had to be shipped separately. That is very, so I don't think I was very you have done, environmentally friendly you have done here, your right? Part for the environment, Mike. Thank you. I have, I'm sure, actually, at this point. My net, get, my net is is le- is worse than if they would have shipped me all together. <laughs> and the reason I had to do this is because for the first time in my uh, in modern history, I ran out of of Apple bricks. Yeah, right. Like I just didn't have any more. They're all in use because the MagSafe charger is great, but we wanted to have a couple around the house, mm-hmm. right? And I actually only had like one spare because. I don't want to say like, oh, well, no more lightning because that's not what I want. And like, I I don't use the MagSafe. Neither can I at the moment anyway. Uh, and plus, we have iPads that also mm. need regular charges, right? Mm. So like, I don't. So I've had to shell out seventy something pounds yeah. for three of Apple's twenty watt chargers. Mm-hmm. They should be included with the MagSafe thing. End of story. And now you put I am us. Uh, you totally s- fine <laughs> with them. Like I get it from the phones. Like whatever. Like I can like, fine. But for a new charging based product, it should be in the box. It just should be. That's all I have yeah. to say. Yeah, I mean, I it's too bad. Um, I really don't get it, especially when you end end up like you having to buy three separate bricks. Like it doesn't really make sense. And and therefore causing them. And therefore, putting us on a on a path to destruction uh, because of your <laughs> energy. I will needs. not accept that. I'm not going <laughs> to accept You single-handedly that. put us on a path to destruction because of these purchases, Mike. But anyway, it's like the the like the straw that broke the camel's back was that one <laughs> that was delivery. A person in London buying three chargers. That was you. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but the MagSafe Duo. No, I'm not getting. Doesn't one. look good, this, does it? Nope. It's like you look at these products and you're like, "That's what air, you air power, right? That was, that's what you really want." But this mm-hmm. is what we have instead. Yeah, this looks like a bit of a dud to me. You know, I just had the funny thought: like, MagSafe and Air Power, they wouldn't have been directly compatible, right? Unless they came out with like an Air Power Two to go along with it. Yeah, it, it's a ring of charging coils and magnets. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> don't sit too close to it yeah if you yeah if you if you put it on a metal nightstand you can't ever get it off this <laughs> is <just> there permanently <laughs> that's an interesting thought yeah mm-hmm. okay it is time to judge the november 2020 rickies is everybody ready for that yes this episode of connected is brought to you by pdf pen from our friends at smile If you're searching for a powerful PDF editing tool for your Mac, iPad, or iPhone, look no further than PDF Pen. Whether you're on the road or at your desk, you need advanced editing features in PDF, right? It happens all the time. You get a PDF and you need to sign it or email it back or edit it or change something. PDF Pen has you covered. It's the ultimate tool for editing PDFs on the Mac, and it now includes even more powerful features like page label support and multiple formats for documents. And pro users can go a step further with the ability to add or edit page labels. These features are in addition to the great ones already available in PDF Pen 12, including a magnifier window to zoom in on a document, customizable compression settings, and stationary 
with new paper colors for custom page designs. And you can always check out the blog over on Smile's website. They have some articles like how to take notes on iPad using PDF Pen and uh, the safety of the PDF Pen editor. PDF Pen is my go-to tool for dealing with PDFs on the Mac. Preview is fine, but it's really limited. It actually can be really frustrating to edit stuff in preview. Uh, PDF Pen makes it really easy. If someone sends me something I need to look over, I can comment it up, I can change things, I can sign and send it right back. PDF Pen, PDF Pen Pro, and PDF Pen for the iPad and iPhone all work together for seamless editing across devices when paired with Dropbox or iCloud. You can learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. That's smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Our thanks to PDF Pen from Smile for their support of the show and Relay FM. Can you very quickly read the rules? This is the Bill of Rickies. The winner, who should be called Keynote Chairman, from the previous Rickies gets to pick first and the second place winner picks second. Annual winners roll over to preserve the order. For example, 2019 annual winner gets to go first for the next annual picks. You know, we have a cycle here. Order for the Apple event Rickies is based on the previous Apple event. The loser goes last. Turn any points. Everything written down in the prediction document must come true. No half points may be awarded in any round and picks may not be reused. One point is awarded for any pick deemed correct in the first two rounds. Two points will be awarded for correct picks in the risky pick round. If your risky pick is wrong, you will lose a point, and of course, the other two hosts must agree that your pick was risky. The scoring window starts when the event begins and closes when the picks are scored, which is in about 90 seconds. The winner of the regular and risky picks must be granted access to the annual or event chairman Twitter account and will retain access until another winner is named. Loser of the non-graded flexies must compensate the winner of the flexies by donating to the charity of the winner's choice. The amount of the donation is $25 per wrong flexi made by the loser. In case of a tie, the ratio of correct to incorrect flexies must be taken into account. Each host must make a minimum of five flexi picks. Flexies may be reused as future flexies or regular picks, and the money, of course, must be donated on air. As a reminder, currently Federico holds the keys to both the annual chairman and keynote chairman Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Those Twitter handles are on the line. Well, one of them. The keynote one chairman. Of them is. Well, if I concede the loss, and if I lose, and uh. if I concede the loss. <laughs> That's not really in uh, in fashion. It's not really a trendy thing right now to concede. No, I think it is. I think we need to count the legal picks here and, and mm. make a decision based on that. Stop, stop, stop the picks. <laughs> oh, my word. The order of this uh, was Federico, and then me, and then Mike for the picks, but I won the flexies the last time, mm-hmm. so it was me, and then Mike, and then Federico. Round one, Federico, start us off. I said the first Apple Silicon system on a chip is a variant of the A14 family. And this is wrong, because the the, the chip is called the M1, so it's got a different name. Apple never... Hey, hey, hey I think you, you're reading your round two pick there, buddy. That was my round two, my bad. Yeah. My round one was Apple announces at least two different Mac models that run on Apple Silicon. And not only did they announce two of them, they also announced three of them. So we got the (laughs) MacBook Air, the MacBook MacBook Pro, and the Mac Mini. Mm -hmm. 
So I feel like I should be getting an extra point because it wasn't nope. two, it was three. Okay. Well, I tried. <laughs> um, I will say that your use of at least two is what made this. Because if you had picked two and they had three, you would have gotten it wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought of That's that. That's why I need to be extra careful mm-hmm. uh, with the with the phrasing of these picks. Because if I said Apollon sees two Mac models, that would have been wrong. All right. So Federico has one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, my round one pick was that Big Sur gets a revised release window, and they announced that it is coming out Thursday, November 12th. Yeah, it's a point. An Apple Silicon Mac is available to order in November 2020. All three of them are. <laughs> you can Shipping next week, you can right? You buy them mm-hmm, on the way to people who have ordered them. So let's talk about this now. Uh, you ordered one. I ordered two. You ordered two. two. So what, what's coming okay. to uh, Camp Hurley? Uh, a MacBook Air, the seven-core GPU variant um, with 512 gigabytes storage and uh, 16 gigabytes of unified memory. I have decided, by the way, that I am going to call it unified memory now and not RAM because it just seems like fun to me. Um, so that's what I'm going with. Uh, that's for Idina. She, I think I mentioned this already, but she is still using a 2013 MacBook Pro. Oh boy! Uh, which at some <laughs> point I think is going to get up and leave the house on its own. <laughs> you know I, that thing desperately requires retirement. Um, she cannot use it off power. Like that's that's the situation of that machine. You, you know the uh, the Hackett collection is always accepting. Um, yeah, I'll talk to her about it. I don't know how we're going to get it to you, but yeah, sure. Just Do you want it. one of those? Mm. Bring it with you. I, I was just saying. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. I need to so say something here. A- mm-hmm. I need to say something. Uh, that I, I was thinking about this yesterday and I didn't tell you guys. Have you ever noticed how in our community, sometimes there's an expression that you never heard before and suddenly mm-hmm. it feels like everybody but you know, yes. knows that expression? Yes. And you're yes, like, yes. where you is know this? I hate this stuff, where, right? <laughs> where? And you're like, suddenly you realize everybody's using this phrase or this expression. Secret sauce. And you're like... No, but even like technical things, and you're like, "What? I've never heard of this before, and now everybody seems to be familiar with this." Am I the stupid one? Unified memory? No, this happened to okay. me yesterday on Twitter. As everybody just suddenly, as if it was like a common concept, started talking about silicon binning. Oh no! How do you? You should know this. <laughs> no, how? the reason I the reason I know about this is because the 2020 iPad Pro. The A12Z was a binned chip. That's why it got the I, additional... I never heard that expression in my life before. And yesterday, just out of the blue, there were like people just interacting with, it, with each other and exchanging this expression. Be like, oh yeah, binning. Like, what? what? Yeah, this is one of those things that everybody knows because of that. Uh, I remember, myself included, initially, it was like, I don't understand what's happening here with this chip. And then I think... Okay, so can you explain it for Federico and others? Yeah, so... Um, th- th- these things happened in the inverse, but I'm just going to explain it for the sake of the 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 a- the M1 chip. Effectively, when you create a selection of chips, right, some of them are not going to be as good as others. You will not get a 100% success rate in quality, right? That's why you have quality control. And with a lot of products, it, quality control would even knock them out and they can't be sold. Uh, in some industries, you may get something like where you maybe sell it at a discount, like you would call it B-stock or something like that. 
um, or like you know, like in clothing, that stuff will be sent to like an outlet store or whatever to be sold because it's not of the typical quality. So, effectively, what's happening with the M1 chips is some of them go through the process and they do not have the four eight GPU cores that they did didn't pass the test or whatever. So they end up taking those chips out, and rather than getting rid of them, they have offered it as the base level for the MacBook Air. When it came to the iPad Pro, because they were making the A12X for so long, they got super good at making that chip. So they could more consistently say, we can get an 8-core GPU out of this process. So they turned it into the A12X. So like this is a thing happening. It's the same thing, but in different coming from different areas, right? But that's what's happening with the M1 chips. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Because they're only offering this in one product, but it's the product they're going to sell the most of. So they will, I mean, it is very likely that Apple could, at least in the first couple of years, sell more M1s with seven GPU cores than eight. Because the MacBook Air is their best-selling product, and I bet that entry level is the best-selling of all of them. Mm -hmm. which is just kind of a funny thought and that might be what they expect right that they more often than not will produce a seven core gpu uh but they can get to eight cores but it's less frequent but they know they're going to sell more of the base level macbook air so they're just doing it all around that way i still feel like most people discover these expressions 30 seconds before on wikipedia and then they act on twitter as if they use them their entire lives uh, yeah, I would say that that is true for some things. This one, at least, there has been recent uh, thing, but like unified memory is one of them. I I still I'm only like a little bit sure of what it means, but like you know, it's just we all say it now. It's just that's the phrase. But I do know exactly what you mean with this stuff. Uh, we'll say a th- I'm trying to think of one. I know that there was another one recently. Yeah. Well, like for example, sensor shift uh, image stabilization. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows about that. We oh, all yeah. know. I mean, you don't have the sensor shift. Oh my god! Camera manufacturers have been doing it for decades. Okay. Yeah, DSLR. <laughs> just like just <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you mean. But anyway, so that's that is what's happening with the MacBook Air, and then I ordered a MacBook Pro for myself. Nice. My situation is similar. Uh, Mary's notebook is newer. She has the first Retina MacBook Air. And long-term listeners remember that I was really mad that it, it basically was 512 gigabytes or a terabyte and a half. And the terabyte and a half mm-hmm. was several, several hundred dollars more. And in the years since, her photo libraries had to migrate to an external SSD because she ran out of space. And so mm. I ordered her a new macbook air with 16 gigabytes of unified memory and the two terabyte ssd because i'm like i just want her to have a machine and neither of us have to worry about it so that'll give her uh, she has about 800 gigs of data now so that will give her plenty of breathing room i didn't i initially ordered the terabyte and then i added up how much stuff she had on that external drive and on her notebook i was like oh i need to i'm going to be in this situation in a year again if i don't just go all the way to the two terabytes so uh, that is on its way to us. It'll be here in a couple of weeks. The custom order ones look like they're taking uh, a little bit longer. I had a weird uh, situation like this, right? Um, so the the MacBook Air, similarly, that's going to be here uh, in the week of the 23rd. And for my MacBook Pro, I wanted to have 16 gigabytes of RAM because eight is oh, unified memory, sorry. Eight's not enough. Um and I thought, well, I also wanted a terabyte SSD uh, because that's what I've been using on other machines. Mm-hmm. And when I bumped it up to a terabyte, it changed to next week. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, sometimes they have like a a, a nicer configuration in the channel. That was real common uh, here in the U.S. at least when you have an Apple store and you can do mm-hmm. like same day pickup for the highest maxed out one sometimes. So yeah, sometimes you get lucky with this. Like you just hit the right selection of boxes and it's it's ready for you. It's like for whatever reason, that configuration is maybe like a really common, yeah. like 16 gigabytes of memory and uh, terabyte storage. Yeah. It feels like a pretty pretty regular thing. So my my uh, goal with this machine um, is will not happen immediately for many reasons. One of them being that I can't record from uh, the studio right now. Right. Lockdown. Um, Yes, but that this will become the machine that I use to do my recording from at the studio. So th- if you remember, that was always the plan, mm-hmm. uh, but I've been waiting, right? And so uh, that this is the eventual goal for this computer. Yeah, I'm tempted by the MacBook Pro. I haven't done anything about that. I have a 16-inch. I don't need a new notebook, but... Uh, I, I am very curious in the difference between the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro, and I'm hoping that reviewers may get both, or there'll be enough coverage where we can kind of see, because uh, unless you do the 7-core GPU, if you upgrade that to the 8, there it's the same chipset, same system on a chip. Apple had this line in the event that was like, well, no, it has active cooling, which means it has, you know, a fan, <laughs> uh, and that that would allow for longer sustained peak performance. I don't know what that means. You know, the MacBook Air is fanless. Mary was really excited about that because her MacBook Air, she's on like Microsoft Teams and Slack all day for work and the fan's just always running. So she was excited about having a quiet notebook. But I'm very curious to see what kind of difference that makes. And so I'm, I may end up with one as a, as a work thing, but nothing yet. I'm actually, like I've been thinking about it, right? Because like a lot of the like the reporting that I've heard afterwards is like, these are just the same machine. One's got a fan and one hasn't, right? They're as powerful as each other. But I actually think for the type of work I do, I'm pretty sure the MacBook Pro is the right call because I'm bouncing files or I'm like turning audio into video, right? Using apps like, what is this app that I use? I really like FusionCast, Mm -hmm. right? So like if I turn like the Cortex audio into video for YouTube, and like that can take a long time. It takes a long time on like my iMac Pro. And I mean, I have horror stories of the 12 inch MacBook and trying to like use that to create logic projects. And I'm not saying it's going to be the same, but I am a little bit hesitant of a fanless machine for some of the work that I do. And, and I think that for me, I will benefit from it being able to be cooled um, yeah, for, for those reasons. And you'll have a touch bar, so that's exciting. Genuinely, for me, I do consider that a benefit. I, when I spent time with a 16-inch uh, a few months ago, I really liked it. So, you know, I, I, I think it's I think it's fun. Like, I like having the buttons there. I like having emoji there. Like, I overall consider it to be a benefit to the product. So I'm happy that I'll have one. So at the end of round one, we are all tied. Hooray! Should we just finish it there? Nope. Federico, nope, do you nope, agree? Nope, should we just nope. stop now? Uh, no, because I'm a, I'm an honorable man, and I win and I lose, and uh, I accept whatever outcome we have wow. as long as it's in my favor. There it is. <laughs> all right, Federico, you started telling us your round two pick a second ago. Why don't you uh, tell us what that is? Yeah. 
Uh, so my round two pick, I said the first Apple Silicon system on a chip is a variant of the A14 family. This is not correct. Uh, Apple um, called the new chip the M1, and also they never publicly stated, either during the event or on the website or in the press release, that the M1 and the A14 are related. Um, obviously, uh, Folks like uh, Anantech, for example, they published this early analysis of the M1 and what it means, and they seem that they are speculating that the architectures are similar. Um, and in fact, we may be looking at the M1 as a you know potentially the what we used to call the A14X. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like that's what it is. My understanding is that the M1. Obviously, Apple is pre- is presenting it as a new separate chip optimized yeah, specifically yeah. for Macs. Yeah. And I believe them. Um, my understanding is that this chip has some components, some parts of it um, are based on the same architecture of the A14. But everything else has been optimized for the Mac, for higher power consumption, for you know the different con- configurations, for just a different kind of machine that a MacBook Air or a MacBook Pro is compared to... Uh, to an iPad Pro, for example, or to an iPhone in this case, because the A14 is only for iPhone. So some parts of the uh, M1 and A14 may be the same, but for the context of this pick, this is uh, what I said is not correct because the the Apple Silicon, uh, the first one, the M1, it's not has not been presented as a variant of the A14. My and yeah, my kind of view on it is like. Well, yeah, of course they're similar. Apple make them. Right. Right? right. But the, I think that the point that everyone was making, the point that was being expected was like, no, no, this is just going to be a version of what we see in the other products. And Apple were very specifically choosing to not do that. So I think that like the plan, if not now, into the future, they are going to look different. But they had to have a starting point, right? And the starting point is what they already know how to do. But I think it it feels pretty clear to me that the M1 is not part of the A14 family. Like, it's not. Mm-hmm. And it will allow for Apple to iterate. I think this is actually the best thing. It allows them to iterate on different schedules. Yeah, They do not have to only put new chips in Macs past September every year, right? <laughs> right? And so I think that this this is the best thing to do, no matter how it's done or how they're presenting it or whatever. Um, and they were, I think, very clear, like you said, Federico, like they started it by saying like, this is a chip we made for the Mac. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, that's that then. My pick in round two was that no new Mac announced would have a touchscreen. And uh, that's true. No touchscreen Macs. Mm-hmm. I still say, yeah, I still think it's going to happen. I still think it should happen. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited for that future. Some people seem to think that it's going to be the ruin of the Mac if they ever do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I think it's going to be fun. I sort of, I've yes. come around on this idea of the touchscreen Mac, and I think, I don't know, I feel like I've reached the point of why not, right? I mean, you now have this beautiful OS that seems to be more inviting to the touch, and it, everybody's just so used to every once in a I mean, even have you has it ever happened to you that you're using a Mac and you just want to touch stuff on the screen all the time? All the time. So why not? Especially if I've used, you know, if I if I've come from having used my iPad for a bit, because my iPad is is basically this, right? When it's in the Magic Keyboard, mm-hmm. it's a laptop that has a touchscreen. 
Apple should and I believe will do it. It is literally just a matter of time. All right, Mike, uh, let's uh, finish off round two with you. Let's just say no one thought I won't get in this one. (laughs) Uh, Apple demos iOS apps running on a Mac. Seemed obvious, right? Yeah. Uh, But they didn't. We, We got no details, basically, except a couple of screenshots. I want to ask you two a question. Does this make you nervous? Yes. It makes me a little nervous. To an extent, yes. Because they have been sort of cagey about the whole thing. How are you going to download them from... uh, They just said you're going to download them from the Mac App Store. How are you going to find them there? This is the whole thing that we discussed last week. How are you going to manage things, you know, just having all these apps available? What's going to happen to settings? What's going to happen to, like... They shared details surrounding how developers need to verify their Mac app, their iOS apps for running on the Mac. And some developers can block them. We've seen folks like Google and Facebook, they have blocked uh, the Facebook and YouTube apps uh, from being installed. And Instagram and stuff. And Instagram. Which makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. The companies of those sizes, like I understand yeah. why they're doing that because there are so many more benefits you using for them to, for you to use their applications in a web browser. That's where they want you to use it. But we basically got no other details from other particular features like, I don't know, what happens if you support on iOS shortcuts and you have a page in your in your iOS app that's all about shortcuts, but there's no shortcuts on the Mac. Like, what happens to that page if that app is available on the Mac? It's, there's all these things that we... Essentially, we know nothing at this point, which makes me believe that this is going to be one of the things that reviewers will focus on. Like, what is it like to use iOS apps on the Mac? And the fact that Apple said nothing... <laughs> it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. It's like when, when there's a new video game coming out and the embargoes are not like a week <laughs> or 10 days before. The embargo is like the day it's before the day or the day of. <laughs> and that's usually yep. not a good sign. Or what's worse is uh, when they give the game to the press two days before mm-hmm. the game comes mm-hmm. out, right? Like it's like, oh, you're not even giving people time to play this thing. Yeah, this is effectively what it is like. And that is a... It's just something that I'm like, I'm a little bit concerned about it. I expect that that it will be fine mostly, but I'm a little bit like... I'm expecting okay. to be a catch somewhere that we're not yeah. aware of. That, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I also wonder too how Apple wants to position this as the death of native Mac development. Right, there are those in the community who who view this as such, and uh, maybe Apple doesn't want to go down that road. I mean, it's possible they do want to downplay it, because ultimately it's not important, because for the majority of users, they'll go to the Mac App Store, they'll search for what they want, they'll see it's available, they'll download it and use it and won't care where it's come from, right? And these days, more and more applications from large companies look like iOS apps on the Mac anyway. Um or they look the same, right? Like you look at something like Slack or Discord, they basically look exactly the same on the Mac and on an iPad. Um, so I expect for a lot of people, they wouldn't even know. So maybe they, maybe that's the thing. She says, Stephen, they just, they don't want to press on it too much because it might frustrate some people who are paying attention to that particular announcement. Mm-hmm. And for everybody else, it's like, it's, to- it's going to be totally fine. So at the end of round two, I have... Two points, you each have one point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything can change. 
can. That's what the Rickies do. Before we get there, though, let's take a quick break and thank our sponsor, Pingdom from SolarWinds. While you've been listening to this, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if your customers couldn't click that Buy Now button or access your content? You could stumble across the problem by luck or someone could let you know, but that's not good. You need a system to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site and most importantly, when it's not. You need Pingdom. It detects around 13 million web outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. Pingdom helps keep your sites and the sites you love online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company or a really cool, nerdy podcast network. You need alerts about any critical website issues. They'll let you customize how you're alerted depending on the severity of the outage. Plus, they track and analyze your website's load times so you can see what's affecting your users' experiences. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. It's no for us approach to getting started is really easy. All they need is the URL that you want to monitor and they just take care of the rest for you. So go to pingdom.com slash relay FM right now for a 14 day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code connected at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from Solar Winds for their support of the show and relay FM. Ricky time. That is right, Federico. Well, to be fair, uh, I wanna I wanna start by saying how uh, this game of Ricky's was clearly rigged in Steven's favor. Um, we all knew. I think that is true. We all yes. knew coming into this this show that Steven had a you know had set up the game in such a way that he was going to win it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to comment on the how, on the many techniques that Steven used, on the psychological. On the psychological tricks that Steven yeah. played on us, both Mike and me. In any case, let's see, Steven's silence is just defeating at this point. I mean, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, <laughs> Big Sir on the new Apple Silly is still not talking. He's still saying nothing. No. Uh, Big no. Sir. Because he knows. He, know, he knows. Um, hmm. Big Sir on the new Apple Silicon Max comes with a new low power mode feature. And look, this may be wrong. But I challenge you to disagree with me on the quality of this idea. So I may not get the point. Idea. It's a great idea. I may not get the point. Look, I may even lose a point because it's a wiki. Yeah, you are. Put it me. <laughs> I said I may. I may lose a point <laughs> if I accept to lose a point, which I don't. But wow. in theory, I may lose a point. But I still think it's a, it's a feature that Apple should bring to the, to the, to the portable Macintosh. I think they just didn't need to this time because the battery gains are so... Huge. Which is exactly right. what you said um, last week. And look, in our in all serious, yes, you, you told me. Uh, do you think that this is a good pick? If they are going to, it's very likely that they are going to focus on the battery improvements. Therefore, it may be a little strange to mention both battery improvements and low power mode in the same show. Right. That's what you said. Uh, uh, in any case, um, I was like seriously, I was doomed from the start because my three potential rickies were. A promotion display, low power mode, and um, a, an app store redesigned. <laughs> so, look, there was like there was no way that I was going to win this game. And then, of course, Steven pulled all of his tricks to win it, um, yep. which is even worse. But, um, well, let me talk about my Ricky, which gives me a perfect score. A desktop Apple Silicon Mac is announced. 
Mac Mini. The I cannot repeat on this show without severe editing the words that I used <laughs> when the Mac Mini was announced. I cannot believe you got this. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's just the will of the people. I have a clear mandate to win. You know, here's the thing, Federico. Nobody thought this was going to happen. There were no rumors, right? The only person that I have known to say that a Mac Mini might come out of this event is Steven. Isn't that a little suspicious? Isn't that curious? Isn't that curious? It's very curious, isn't it? The only, literally the only person that I know that even suggested that the Mac Mini might appear at this event was Steven, and he has somehow used this to win a Ricky. I wonder if you had any signs pointing you in this direction. Well, other than his incredible dream. Yeah. Other than the dream. I had, uh, God told me that the Apple Silicon Mac Mini was coming in my dream. Right. Right. Okay. Which we spoke about last week. So this was... Two days after surgery, <laughs> and I'm gonna say the I'm gonna say it. I'll bleep it in the show. Tim Cook was introducing the new Mac Mini as a quote bad little b. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I forgot that part. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just important to to think different. I guess. Oh my god, that sounds like a good slogan. Wow, get out of here. Wow. All right. Well, hey, hey, my Ricky made your Ricky possible. So what was yours? An Apple Silicon Mac is cheaper than the product it replaces. I can't believe you got this. Uh, It seemed obvious to me at the time. (laughs) It made sense. Uh, Also, obviously, I did not expect that this would be the way that it would happen. I thought that like the the low end laptop would have been the thing to get the the price cut. Um, Should we talk about the Mac Mini a little bit? Yeah, I got feelings. We should talk about the fact that I was convinced for the past two years that my Mac Mini had 32 gigs of RAM, when in Mm -hmm. fact I bought one with 16. Mm. Why did I think that I had 32? And does it even matter? I'm asking you. Well, clearly not, because you didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay, good answer. You know, you've got like, what is it, like Schrodinger's RAM in there? (laughs) It wasn't a problem until you looked. Yeah, now you know. Now, is it a problem now? No. I I mean, you tell me. I don't know. I use a Mac twice a week. Right. Every once in a while, I I need to encode a video to MP4 and I have a Mm -hmm. FF... Yeah, FFmpeg, that thing. Or Handbrake. Sometimes I hear the fan of the Mac Mini. Most of the time I don't. I don't think that that's the RAM that's giving you a problem there anyway. But Okay. Okay. So this Mac Mini is is interesting to me. It is less well-specced than the Intel Mac Mini. The Intel Mac Mini is still for sale above this in the line, just like... The four-port 13-inch MacBook Pro Intel is still in the line above the two-port. So it seems mm-hmm. like all, all of these M1 Macs are limited to 16 gigabytes of RAM and two USB-C Thunderbolt ports. Uh, th- they all have that in common. You know, uh, uh, Jason dismissed this on Upgrade yesterday, but I'm going to say Jason was wrong. I think there is room for a higher version of the mac mini that will come later that is more like the four port 
13 inch or maybe even the 16 inch without, you know, may, I don't know if it had more ports, but more RAM, higher powered. And the thing that makes me really think this is that this Mac mini is silver and not space gray. Yeah, that's the, that's the big telltale, right? This isn't the pro one. Yep. So you could go mm-hmm. in the future and you get a, you get a Mac mini in silver or you could get a Mac mini pro or whatever in space gray. Maybe it's that tiny Mac Pro that Mark Gunn hope, was talking about. I hope right? not. <laughs> They're the, replacing the, the Mac The, the, the Mac one Pro. that is replacing, uh, so the, the current like current to now Intel Mac Mini has four Thunderbolt ports. Yes, and it can go up to 64 gigabytes of RAM, I believe. Correct. Now, this has more CPU cores, but the other functionality is less. And so I, just, I feel like there's room for a Mac Mini that is uh, a little bit beefier, than this. And I think the to get back to your Ricky, the fact that it's a hundred dollars less to me kind of reflects that. That yeah, this is a little bit lower tier Mac Mini than maybe you would have gotten before. So we still have those other options, but we want this price to reflect that. I feel like I feel like there's another Mac Mini coming somewhere. I feel like with these M1 Macs, this is one of the first times in recent history where I will say like I'm pleased Apple left a lot of products in the lineup. Right, like the, the Mac, they didn't completely get rid of all the MacBook Pros. They didn't yep. get rid of all the Mac Minis. Like you still have options. There are still Intel machines. If what you need is more than sixteen gigabytes of memory, or what you need is multiple, uh, like you know, two more than two Thunderbolt ports, mm-hmm. you know, like these are still available for you. Um, you know, like now that we've seen everything that the M1 can do, it seems obvious why they did the Mac Mini, right? now because it's there's clearly the m1 is it has these capabilities these max capabilities of memory and uh io and so to go to the higher end macbook pro the mac the 16 inch macbook pros the imac the mac pro it has to be something that's not the m1 maybe it's m2 maybe it's m1x like whatever um, but there's something else going on here, right? That to to be able to go, you know, further. Maybe they just throw two M1s in one of these. You know, who knows? I don't know. Um, I'm I, that's you know, I this is the next big question, right? Is what does an Apple Silicon chip look like for the next wave of Macs? Yeah, because they're um, going to just work their way up the line, and so if this MacBook Pro Mac Mini is not for you. Like, hey, that's cool. There's going to be more coming. We're going to see the M1X or whatever, however they brand it, that, you know, is sort of the middle tier of machines. And then we'll see something probably at the high end. Uh, they're just starting here on on the low end, which is what we all expected. Yes. Um, I don't think anyone really thought that it was going to jump out of the gate with, you know, an iMac Pro. Well, there was rumors of the 16-inch last week. Yeah, yeah. And I think it so. will be, you know, the next time we see this, I think we may see the 16-inch, uh, you know, an iMac, which has been rumored and needs a redesign, maybe a higher-end Mac Mini, maybe that four-port 13-inch. Like, they're just going to keep whittling away at this over the next couple of years. So Until they get to the Mac Pro. Until they get to the Mac Pro, and then uh, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So the final scoring uh, in... Third place, the loser. We have Federico. I don't call me a loser. With zero points. Be- right? With zero being points. Third doesn't mean being a loser. It does when there's only three people. <laughs> no, no, that's very debatable. Like, I, I, it's your third place, even if it's the three of us. 
So I still get a bronze medal. Mike, you're in the middle. You got one round right, and you got your Ricky right, so you have three points. Hooray. And I have swept the board with four points, a perfect run. Federico, I need the Twitter account. I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> I told you I wasn't conceding my loss. Also, it's not a loss. It's third place. I'm not conceding my third place. So what are you going to do now? One password is basically the secret service, right? Because one pass, we all, ha- we all share the, the password. So unless Federico's changed the password... Right. He is then, not. I'm in it. I'm changing the profile okay. right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, Federico, you were so close. My laziness came back to haunt me. Just out of interest, how much did you do with that account over the time that you've had with I it? I think I sent a card. Like, I think one day I was in a particularly funny mood, probably because I was drinking after dinner, and I started right. tweeting a bunch of crap. Oh, I like this one. Get you a chairman that can do both. That was, that, I think that was the only thing you did. Oh, yeah. It's possible that I also replied to some stuff. I don't know. Not from the keynote chairman account, because previously to that, because this is kind of the fun thing, is uh, it, are my tweets. So because we don't remove them and we should never remove them, it just becomes funny because the name changes, the image changes, and it takes all of the history so for example there is a point where you are saying i refuse to give up my crown which is something that that i said uh so yeah we now have uh a new a new keynote chairman i guess it's, mm-hmm. it's in it's in the works right now congratulations Stephen. thank you it is good to be back in power you're probably gonna have it for a little bit too i think so i thought about that uh today actually that you know i think i'm gonna I'm going to have this until the spring, probably. Well, or two weeks. Or two weeks. Mm -hmm. So uh, we need to deal with the flexies. Do I need to repeat those rules or are we good? I think we're good. Money on the line. Money on the line. Um, So I will go first. I've lost my gut document. There we go. All right, flexies. Um, I said said so many things. I said six things. I went over again. And we'll see how that shakes out. Phil Schiller is nowhere to be seen. We see a big Sir feature recap. We see Johnny Sruji again. No mention of cellular Max. Apple announces Windows for ARM coming via virtualization in the future. Did not get that. So that, that one is wrong. Lastly, number six, going above the minimum, the 12-inch MacBook does not return. So you got five out of six. Mm-hmm. What percentage is that? Uh, it's it's a good one. It's a big, it's a good big percentage. percentage. If you wouldn't have, if you would have just stuck with five and not done the uh, Apple announces one, uh, you know. Yeah, I could have had a clean sweep. Uh, the Discord is telling me I got eighty three percent right. Feel pretty good about that. Uh, James Thompson gives, I guess, the most official uh, as the being the big calculator man. 83.3333333%. Yeah, it's just repeating. I think I got all those threes. What does he know about numbers anyway? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike, you're up next. Uh, new, Mac f- new Macs follow current design trends. No large-scale redesign. Where's the bell? Hmm. You ring the bell for yourself. He doesn't even want to ring the bell for other people now. Doesn't even want to ring the bell. <laughs> Two, Big Sur released within 48 hours of event. 
three, new AirPods Pro or AirPods Pro? Oh, no, wait, new AirPods or AirPods Pro? There you go. Why, why did you say this one? I still don't understand why you, you went with the AirPods. Because if they were going to do it, it was going to be now because you get them in time for the holidays. Ah, okay. Mm. Uh, new MagSafe charging case for existing AirPods. And Craig Demo's Big Sur features. He now he just talked about them, uh, except one. Which one did he show? When he opened the Mac, the instant wake. Well, that's a feature. I'm gonna give you that. Thank you. Let's just bite the skin of my teeth on that one. <laughs> you have three out of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Federico. Okay, so in my flexes, I said Apple compares the performance of Apple Silicon Macs to most PCs sold today. This was a good one. Because, oh boy, did they do a lot of that. <laughs> they did a lot of that. They didn't ring the bell. Ring the bell, Stephen. Okay, thank you. Yeah, there was a lot of numbers um, mm-hmm. and a lot of comparisons. Apple demos a game running on an Apple Silicon Mac. Did not get that one. One of the new Mac models supports Wi-Fi 6. Uh, all of them do. They all do. This is a good pick. And then we enter sadness territory Mm. at least one of the new apple silicon mac models has a promotion display apple redesigns the app store app for mac to include ios (laughs) mac os and iPadOS apps together now this last one i believe time will prove me right however there's there's no way for me to prove myself right at the moment so this is i still think that i will be right on this one no you will not okay but uh, but for now, I need to accept the loss of the flexes, which means I'm the loser of the flexes, and uh, I will happily donate to another charity of Stephen's choice. There are two things that are of interest here. Stephen has won the Rickies and the flexes this time, which feels unprecedented. F- uh, Federico did that in September. Okay, so it's it's actually quite precedented. Yeah, we have a we have uh, I keep records of this. I have never lost or won a flexi. I just keep sitting right in the middle there, which honestly I feel pretty good about because I get anxious every time, like trying to think of what my charity would be. Mm. Like I feel like I can't pick something good enough. So uh, I'm happy to just sit here right in the middle. So Stephen, if you could pick a charity that allows me to pay for Italy. How much money is it this time? It's quite a bit of money, right? So it so the rules say yes, twenty five dollars per wrong flexi, and you got one, two, three flexis wrong, so it's seventy seventy five dollars. And I have one. I'll, I will put a link uh, in our iChat. And I'll put it in iChat. <laughs> you still call it iChat? Put so it. Cute. Well, you know, I'm, I'm the I'm the Mac guy. iChat. Uh, so uh, right now, my wife is running a 5K for my brother's nonprofit, and I think you should chip 75 bucks in. Okay, I like it. They uh, they run schools in a refugee camp right outside of Sudan. It's a great cause. Oh, this is cool. This is very nice. Uh, donate. Let's see. Does it let me do it from Italy? I think it will. Let's see. Other. Yes. 75. Not 75 cents. That's very cheap. $75. You could just do like a ton of 75 cent transactions. <laughs> Make it look like money laundering. We teach you at Mac Stories. Make sure to read out your credit card number yes, so I we will can. Know. It's uh, 0000. That's my credit card number. That's a good number. Yeah, yeah, Easy to remember. Little, yeah, yeah. It's one of those special cards. Um, mm, let's see. Where do I live? 
I don't live with Turbo anymore. Yeah, thank you. Safari. That would be Rome, Italy. While he's doing this, mm-hmm. are you happy with the event overall? Uh, I am. You know, I think that Apple has really come out swinging in terms of what these chips can do. And that makes me very excited about what the more upstream ones will do, you know, as they continue to make them uh, more powerful. You know, there's uh, a slider they have to move between performance and power efficiency. I think they really struck a good balance here. But like, holy moly, what does it look like in an iMac that's plugged in all the time? You know, we will see. Um, And I think, yeah, I think it was Apple really showing um, that it's the Mac that you've always known and used, but it's just going to be a lot better. And I think that those more structural changes may come later as Big Sur and iOS apps and everything sort of settle settle out and things like touch or other things may come uh, may come a little bit later. And I sent you photographic evidence of my donation. Thank you, sir. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. Um, Federico, you are, uh, you know, the Mac guy. Mm-hmm. You write Mac stories. Um, sure. What do, you, what do you think about this in terms of looking at it from like an Apple Silicon perspective, and like the iPad Pro still floating out there without an update? Like, do you have any thoughts on what this could mean for future stuff on the other side of the fence? So obviously, I'm. I feel like I'm still going to be using the iPad Pro as my main computer because of all the reasons that we talked about in the past. It can be a tablet, it can be a laptop. It's got a touch screen, but it's also got the Magic Keyboard and it's got a cellular connection. All of that, and also it's got more apps. Like there are more apps that I want to use on the iPad than there are on the Mac. However, I feel like, and I said this on Twitter and I said this on, on App Stories, I think before. This is the first time in years that I've actually been interested in the Mac and Mac OS without being bored by the conversation or the event. And that's because I feel like there's a potential for me to, like I could get a MacBook Air with the M1 chip and I could make it work for me. Honestly, the biggest problem would be the lack of shortcuts on the Mac. But because of, through a combination of developers offering Mac versions of their apps and just having the iOS App Store as a fallback option, I think I could make it work. Now, I still wouldn't like it to the extent that I like the iPad Pro because it, if I'm tired of typing with the Magic Keyboard and I try to rip out the display, that's going to be an expensive decision on my part because mm-hmm. I'm going to break the computer. Um so the Mac cannot be a tablet, whereas the iPad can support that kind of modularity. But this is exciting for me, and I think this is the kind of future that I was hoping, the kind of direction that I was hoping Apple would take years ago with the Mac, uh, blurring the lines between the different platforms. And what I think is also exciting is all these new ways that developers have to, to write apps for the Mac. So you can make a universal app, you can make, you know, you can take advantage of Catalyst or you can just let your iPhone and iPad app run on the Mac. And I think that is very exciting, especially the Catalyst apps that we're going to see this year with the new Optimize for Mac initiative. Those are looking much, much better than last year with the first wave of Catalyst apps. So, and also obviously the performance improvements and the insane battery life that these computers are going to get. Like that is super intriguing to me because again, the iPad Pro, lasts a long time and i don't remember when back in the day of being a mac user i don't remember battery battery life being so great so i'm intrigued the macbook pro yeah 
can get double the battery life of the iPad Pro now. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. There's still a few things that I that I didn't like about this event. I would have right. liked to see. I would have liked to see um, more examples uh, about the. Uh, what does the M1 actually enable in terms of software? And I think by the end of by the end of the of the of the event, by the third Mac that Apple was covering, after all those numbers and performance and comparisons, by the third Mac it was kind of boring. And I was hoping to get that moment of like, and here's what we can do now on Big Sur thanks to the M1. And we didn't get that. The only thing we got was the instant wake, and that was like a two-second clip. So I would have liked to see more examples of, yes, the performance is great, the battery life is amazing, thank you, but what does it actually enable you to do in terms of features of the operating system? That would have been nice, and I felt like toward the end... It was the event. The you know the presentation was kind of dragging because it was all the same as the previous sections, so that would have been nice. But I also understand how there may be no new features in Big Sur for M1 Max. I mean, besides obviously running iOS apps, because maybe Apple just didn't have the time. Maybe those are coming in future updates. But if I had to pick one thing, I would have liked to see more software because I'm a software guy. Like the the new computers are fine, but by the end of the video, it was all sort of you know, blurring to, you know, blending together. It was all kind of similar. It's interesting, you know, looking at the, the approach that Apple has taken with these pre-recorded events is they've gone the exact opposite to how they would normally go, right? Where if you have an in-person event, if you're bringing people, making them sit in a room, we will demo our software until the end of time. We will demo our software. We will demo... Uh, third-party software, demo, 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 demo. But in these pre-recorded events, they are not doing it, right? I think at most, they showed off a pre-recorded video of that Riot game, right? Was it League of Legends uh, in the iPhone event? But that is all they've done. Everything else, if if they show anything, it's these little, like, they had like a great little uh, video that they put together of, of developers talking about Apple Silicon, but it's really highly edited and polished. You're not actually seeing things. They're, they're using applications as like special effects, really. But they're not doing demos other than the one they did at WWDC. And even the WWDC demos were short. And I, it's interesting to me. Like, I don't know why they're taking this approach. Like, just because it's edited, you can still do the demos there's something kind of weird about it being in the inverse where like now they don't have to worry about packing people into a room and locking them in uh for an hour and a half like it's like where where are the demos show us something that you can do that and they're not doing it and it, and it is kind of peculiar i think i think that about does it all right all right, if you want to find links to the stuff we spoke about, head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 320. Stuff is all there. There's also a bunch of fun stuff you can do. You can email us feedback or follow-up. You can become a member and get access to Connected Pro, which is an ad-free, longer version of the show each and every week. You can find us all online. You can find Federico on Twitter, Evatici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Federico, I have a question for you. 
Okay, but before you ask me the question, I want to confirm that I also talked about last week's question with Sylvia, and mm-hmm. she uh, confirmed that she never seen me embarrassed uh, in the years we've been together. She believes that, uh, especially uh, after I was sick and then I got better, she believes that I'm no longer capable of being embarrassed by anything. So Interesting. Anyway. Well, because I, I assume... There are a lot of embarrassing moments you're going through in quick succession, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you kind of lose the edge, I guess. Yeah, especially, you know, multiple uh, doctor visits in all kinds of sections. Yep. Yes. Yes. It's good. I, you didn't need to clarify. Everyone knew what well, I meant. <laughs> it's the clarification we- that makes it funny, though, isn't it? <laughs> right, of course, <laughs> silly me. <laughs> anyway, Stephen, your question. Uh, so this one is also uh, a little, uh, it's, it's not as emotional, but uh, what are you most grateful for? Ah. Uh, oh, damn. Oh, come on. Do you need, like, is this like a, do you require like a serious Again, <sighs> is this another first date question? They're all from the same <laughs> giant list. <laughs> what kind of dates are these? <laughs> They're uh, they're intense, you know. <laughs> if you want to go, if you want to date a sociopath, here are some questions for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can weed them out. <laughs> Tell uh, me your darkest secrets. Well, <laughs> no, um, I am grateful for living um, uh, a life that makes me happy. Uh, for for having a job that doesn't um, feel like a like a job, and I'm very grateful to to. Um, to have the freedom and and the privilege to do whatever I want every day that I wake up, and obviously for obviously for being alive, but th- that's kind of you know kind of obvious. Yes, that's a given, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good answer. We are also joined each and every week by Mike Hurley. If you need more of Mike in your life, and you, you probably do, you can find him on Twitter as i mike i m y k e. Mike, you're building a lot of keyboards on the internet now. Yep. What's going on with that? Uh, you go to mike.live, it's a Twitch channel that I started. I'm streaming at the moment kind of around one-ish time a week. Uh, at some point, I will get on a schedule. If for some reason you haven't seen any of my keyboard streams and you think to yourself, I would like to catch one, I'm going to be building a keyboard next Friday um, at 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, it's a big keyboard called a Mode 80, and it's going to be soldering and the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go to Mike.live. I will be tweeting about it, but it's going to be at 11 a.m. Eastern on the 20th. All these keyboards that you're building, are you then giving them to somebody else? At the moment, no. I am using them. You know, it's like I, I rotate between them. Can you start building keyboards for your friends? Eventually, that is something that I will have to do. Okay. So from the streamers that I follow, because like I'm not building keyboards every time because there's like modifications you can do to them, right? right? So like I build a keyboard and then I can go in and tweak something. I can get some little parts from somewhere else and tweak stuff around. Eventually, when I get good enough that I would feel confident building one for other people, then yes, I would do that. Cool. Yeah. So you will build one for me. If you would like one, yes, I will do that. Yes, I would. All right. Great. Brilliant. Let's let's start thinking about awesome. that cuz let me tell you, really hard to get parts. Okay. Um, but if you want one, you can you can tell me the kind of stuff that you think you might like and I'll start trying to assemble something for you. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. That's exciting. You can follow me on Twitter as ISMH. Uh, I'm also at 
on Twitch. I'm doing stuff too. Uh, this Friday, I'm going to be re-watching the announcement of the first Intel Max. So on Monday, we did the Intel announcement. On Friday, we'll be doing the first Intel Max. Uh, so you can check that out, twitch.tv slash ISMH. The uh, podcast-a-thon got Twitch in mine and Steven's heads. <laughs> and uh, now we're just doing stuff with it. Um, I'm sorry, but Terrence in, in the Discord <laughs> said, <laughs> Federico needs a mechanical keyboard for running FF back twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> what I'll do, I'll just make a keyboard with one key, right, <laughs> which we will bind to a shortcut, and then you will just press it, oh, and it will, it will do the FFM back for you. <laughs> i'd like to thank our sponsors this week squarespace smile and pingdom and until next time guys say goodbye Arrivederci. bye i was gonna say adios like i forgot what i say cheerio <laughs> cheerio <laughs> bye y'all